There's no such thing as self-made. What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pestuch. I'm your host. I'm joined today in studio by the hottest, sexiest, coolest, most down-to-earth, badass woman on the planet, my wife. What's up, babe? Hi, honey. Hi. Today, we get into what it means to be the woman behind, in front of, beside the man, all of the things. She's the reason that I am who I am today. I've evolved as a result of our relationship, not uh, alongside our relationship. And today we talk about what it's like to carry the relationship for her, what it's like to evolve to becoming the mom and the woman who holds everything together behind the scenes, and what it's been like for me to evolve through all of that stuff and how her support has been integral in my development and our success at Active Life. If you find this podcast valuable, please head to wherever you're listening to it. Leave us that five-star rating, write a review, share it with a friend. I know you're going to love it because every time I bring Kim on, people just say, do more podcasts with your wife. She's amazing. And so we're doing that today and I imagine we'll be doing it more often. Let's get them to the show. Let's go. Babe. Look at you. You look you look fucking great. Thank you. You're a vixen. You'd be a cougar if it I am. You're can, <laughs> can you be a cougar when you're married? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I thought cougars I, I thought cougars are called cougars because they're single and going after They're whatever. on the prowl. I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense. So probably not. So you're not a cougar? I don't think so. You're just a hot mom and wife. There you go. Who that happens works. to be a tad bit older than you? You're way older than me. Oh, no. Tad. Okay, let's let the audience know. You're in your 40s. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. Default for these, like, seven months. You're in your 40s. True. Does turning 40, like, you just, just you're not, you're not newly, turning, you're not newly turning 40. 40 count as being Does, in my you, 40s? Are you in your 40s? Does the I number? I have to check that box now. You're in your 40s. Ooh. Am I in my 30s? <sighs> yeah. Okay, Your Honor. Defense rests. I guess actually the plaintiff rests. You're the defense in this case. In another life, babe. The other two careers I think I could have done really well with would have been uh, being a lawyer and arguing for a living. You do that. Whether what? you know <laughs> that or not. <laughs> what? Uh, expand. What do you, you mean? You do that. With who? Me. Anybody. Go Anyone. On. Go on. You argue Go all on. the time. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation with Ken when we were in Montreal. For those of you who don't know, Ken is my mentor uh, and friend. And one of the things that we were talking about was he really dislikes arguing and conflict and debate and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, you are me. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why you and him get along very well, because you're the opposite. <clears throat> right. But, but yes. And for him, it's a sign that there's something wrong. And I was explaining to him. That's how that. that's how the Pastuch family shows love at the dinner table. When my dad and his brothers are over, straight conflict. It's straight full, opinion. We would debate on the temperature of the water if we don't have anything else to debate on. Uh, and it's love. It's like that's 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 how we we have a good time. Mm-hmm. So lawyer, <clears throat> and the other one would have been real estate agent. 
Like, if you're listening to this and you're a real estate agent, I get it. You work hard. You're always on call. But can we just agree, like, it's it's not a necessary profession. It's just whoever's available more often and prepared. Yes. To have a set of keys and just. I get that there's a salesmanship to it, but if you have ethics, you're you're not getting someone to buy a house that they shouldn't buy or pay more than they should pay when they're your client or take less than they should take when they're not. Doesn't the market kind of just do its thing? I mean, when we were looking for houses, we we told our, our agent, who's also our friend, I'm going to fire you if you show me another house that Kim found on Zillow. That's true. I was all all on it. Once, and, I'm, once I have an idea in my head, I get very obsessive and I have to like... Right. That's all I can think about. I have to do it. But it's 2023. We have 17,000 different apps where we can find houses that are for sale. And I have a hand that still works and legs that still work. So I can go door to door and knock and say, would you ever sell your house? The value of the agent who's going to win, in my opinion, is if they do that on behalf of their client and, and find places that maybe aren't for sale and get them. Like I, if I was a real estate agent, I think I'd crush. I think I'd, I'd love it. I'd be a terrible husband. I'd be a terrible you dad. Would. You would. And, and I absolutely <laughs> and would crush. crush. But you'd be terrible in all the other things. Except for that. You're probably right. Why do you say that? Because you, that is all you would think about. I feel like real estate is one of those things like you have to be um, like in the moment right there to somebody else's needs. And it takes away from whatever moment you're in. Because if you want that listing, you want that sale, you have to be able to like jump and go. Mm-hmm. And it, there's not, I guess you could plan for it, but I feel like sometimes there's a lot of not planning and it just takes away from where you're at. Yeah. So real estate 101 from two people who've never done it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, now you know. Plus, I feel like a lot of people work Monday through Friday jobs. So they're available to go look on the weekends and it takes your weekend away. Well, we would just move the weekend to Thursday, Friday. We would homeschool the kids on Thursday, Friday. We're not homeschooling the kids. I'm just saying, for those two days of the week, you would be great at it. Did you see this morning? I'm Did sorry. You? Were you part of our morning <laughs> today? <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I was there, and it was not successful. That's up to, it was successful. All the kids okay, went where they were supposed to go. It was. It, it wasn't. In, it wasn't enjoyable. It was not enjoyable. Although, being a team, it was kind of fun. That was great. Thank you mm-hmm. for, for hopping in. You're welcome. Yeah. I could tell it turned you on. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, so what happened this morning for people who, who, who need to know is we have three kids, yeah. age four, six, and eight, and something like there was a, there was know, a, a blowout argument in the playroom between number one and number three, and then there was um, a resolution to that, and then number two wasn't a part of the resolution, and so she was left out of sitting at the counter for breakfast. Mm, oh, that's right. Her seat got stolen. Yeah, she her seat got stolen because now one and three were friends. Right. So then she went to sit by herself. That made her angry. So she went upstairs and she's, I'm not going to school. Right. And then number three starts being an angel. Yes. And finally 
I carry number two out of the house, just pick her up out of her bed as she's saying, I'm not going to school, yeah. clutching to her blankets, I rip the blankets out of her hand, I tell her, I love you, you know how to get what you want, it's being kind, it's asking questions, it's saying please and saying thank you, and this is not those things, so you're going to school, and I love you, and I picked her up, and I carried her downstairs and into the car, and then you threw a curveball at the last second, and you said, sit in your sister's seat, and yeah, um, I don't know why you did that. Because but, number two is the weight of a ginormous bowling ball, and there was no way I could lift her out of the back seat. Mm-hmm. So I had to put I her follow. in. So I had you, to put her in that the easy seat that I could get her out. You of. were anticipating her resisting when she got the yes, seat. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you put her in the easier seat to pull her out of, and then number one was like, "I'm not sitting in her seat." What I yeah, I did not expect that one to melt down. Yeah. That well, I took her seat. Well, and then I offered her sitting in the front, which I is know. like. Grown up privilege, and I, I, my I never thought, do that. By the way, That's oh, I, like so ins- I never do that. I knew that you would have a problem with it, but I also knew that you knew you threw me a curveball on the outside corner, and you would not mind if I slapped it to the opposite field. <laughs> Back in my way, I actually thought she'd take us up on that one. I did too. It's like the older thing to do. Yes, it's the cool thing. And all of a sudden, she was like, "It's not safe." Is that what you said? Yes. That's because you probably have told her that before. So she just started walking to school. Without her backpack, alone. Alone. And and listen, we live in a safe suburb. Um, her school is about, what, a half a mile away? Yeah, three blocks. Yeah, something like that. And she she would have been safe. She would have been <laughs> safe. Uh, but I could not allow her to no, feel as though. just go off. She right, could do it. Right, because who knows? Like, we both know our oldest is uh, a, an eight-year-old Mr. Magoo. She might decide, <laughs> you know... Oh, there's a there's a bird. I like that Ooh, bird. Squirrel. Yeah, oh. And then and then you like you get a call from school. Hey, is she coming in today? And you're like, she should be there. Uh, yeah. And then and now we're supposed to be podcasting, but instead we're running around the neighborhood looking for our kid who's sitting in somebody's backyard playing with birds in their water fountain. Yes, yes. Uh so I followed her to me and she kept turning around. She's like, You don't need to follow me. I know where I'm going. I'm like, what would you do if a grown up snatched you? <clears throat> So finally, so finally we get to school. I uh, walk myself. By the home. way, we got there at like the exact same time. I know, I know, dude. She walked <laughs> fast. Nuts. She was trying to create distance. She walked fast. First time in her life that child's walked fast. I know. Uh, <laughs> why am I so fast at home but not at school? Uh, yeah. <laughs> because at so home you have daddy's genes, and at school you have mommy's. Facts. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was our morning. But yeah. we got to be a team. That was fun. Yeah. They got to school 15 plus minutes late. Mm-hmm. Both of them sat down in the hallways outside the classrooms. Teachers had to come. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Oh, number three was barefoot. Yep. It, ro- trolling the school. Yep. Going on a tour. Yep. So what the reason I wanted to share that story with all of you yeah. uh, is because I know, because I get the DMs from you, you think... I, I know something about parenting that you don't know. And maybe I do. Uh, I probably don't, though. Right? And, and, and do not allow anybody who shows you their, their perfect life on Instagram with their kids and their family to fool you into believing that they do not have mornings like the ones that we had today. The best thing that came out of this morning was I got to be a teammate with my wife. Yeah. She was, compl- I could tell, completely turned on by it. Like, she would have jumped my bones if the kids weren't around. Uh, and that was the best thing that came of it. And by the way, all the kids got where they were going safely. 
Eventually. Yep. They right. did. So would you agree with all of that? Yeah. Told you. I knew you were turned on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She agreed. You I like being your partner this morning. I know. I that liked it good. too. It was good. All right. So I I don't have a clear direction as to where this podcast is going to go. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, listen. It's okay to tell the audience that you're a little bit nervous because you're afraid you're going to get asked questions you don't know the answers to. What are you nervous about? I don't know. This feels like, I don't know. Hold on. Are you you complaining about the the comfort of the chair? No. Okay, good. Because you bought these chairs. I know. I did buy the chairs. Okay. First question I'm going to actually ask you is going to come from one of my my Instagram followers, Tristan. Tristan asked, what do you think I do for a living? (laughs) What do you do for a living? Yeah. You do a lot of things. I feel like I don't know. See, I don't think I know the best answer to, to say this. That's an indictment on me, not on you. Mm, what do you do for a living? I what? almost. Hey, what does your husband do? I almost feel like you're Chandler Bing and I can't like. What does that mean? Uh, I don't. I'm, I can't watch a show with a laugh track. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I choose not to. This is. Like sad, and I also get it because opposites attract, but like you got to know some sort of friends reference. I do. Here. I know that Chandler Bing is Matthew Perry who went on to write a book that trashed everybody in his life. I'm not going to do that. Did you read the book? No. So how do you know that to be a fact? Instagram. Oh, that's, that's a great <laughs> source of news. Oh, because your fucking Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stuff is right on point. Yes. That is, <laughs> that is, that is fact- <laughs> Settled. So what would you say I do for work? If, if, if you met a woman at PTA or a man at PTA and they were like, oh, is your husband here? He said, no, he's at work. Oh, what does he do? I feel like I should have one of your taglines like seared into my brain. Um, you own a company mm-hmm. that helps a lot of people. And mm-hmm. there's a few things that your company does. There is a branch of your company that helps gym owners. Mm -hmm. There's a branch of your company that helps fitness professionals be Mm -hmm. better coaches. And then there's a branch of your company that helps um, individuals to be able to get out of pain um, on their own um, through different workouts um, and exercises and movements and oh, see, you're no, you're doing great. I'm looking looking at me like I'm looking at you to make eye contact to let you know I'm listening. You all should know this doesn't happen at home. If, you, if you're talking to me at home about something that's and important and I look at you. I'm right now. Like uh, last time we podcast, it was like four years ago on a couch and I was in probably pajamas. And you were hysterically crying because you were going through postpartum I mood know. disorder. Here you are. I might hysterically cry. It's okay if you cry. But you're doing. that's just me. I just cry. I know you're doing a great job though. I'm holding it together. You're doing it. That was a really good answer. Really. You just tried to add more words. You can I did. I know. That was bad. It was a good answer. It wasn't bad. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good answer. It was a good answer. Um, Uh, What I think would be helpful is if we, if we, if we did create some context around this so that you had an idea for where to answer questions from, like who's the audience, who you're talking to all of this kind of stuff. Would that be helpful for you? Yeah. We're doing that right now. Or can you give me like a cheat sheet at home where I can just like, no, I'm going to do it right now. It's simple. It's simple. You'll get it. You'll get it. So for, Anyone who listened to the old podcasts that we did, I think, I think 
those are probably our most appreciated podcasts. Sure. I can bring a guest on who has a huge following and has changed things in the industries, um, massively influential, and they're like, bring Kim back. So here we are. Uh, <clears throat> for the people who don't know, I'll catch up real quickly. Uh, when we got married, <clears throat> I had just become a chiropractor and I was making $300 a week. That was my income contribution. And you were a teacher working full-time, providing benefits and making a real full-time salary. You carried our relationship financially for 2010, uh, carry the one, a decade. (laughs) Uh, And since we had kids, it was something that, you know, we... One of the things that you talked about when we moved into our house was you could see yourself walking the girls to school down the block. And there was no way you could ever walk the girls to school if you had to leave an hour and a half before they were meant to be at school so that you could be at work somewhere else. Yeah. And so we made the decision together that you would stop doing that so that you could raise our kids and enjoy my turn supporting the family. You, you did it for a decade. You supported me in all the things I was trying to do when I was, was when I would try crazy shit that didn't work. You were always there for me. You were always supportive for me while you were carrying all of the load. We've, we've swapped the financial roles, but you still are there in every other way supporting me. And I, and I love it. This is the happiest I've ever been in our relationship and our marriage with our kids at work, all of it best it's ever been for me. I think it'd be useful for people out there who are in relationships that are entrepreneurial to hear a little bit about what it's like to be in ours. So if you are a, I, I think we just talk about that. Okay. I'm still, uh, I had a funny feeling that's where you're going to go with this. And it's funny because I feel like I need to listen to podcasts about this conversation from other people because I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, but but that's because um, it's easy to see where other people are doing things well and to take their advice and to believe them. It's hard to believe yourself. Oh, absolutely. But at least if I were to get the behind the scenes from somebody else of mm-hmm. kind of like what was their journey – um, what does that look like for them? I'd have kind of a little bit of a pathway to follow. Like I know the trail and I can maybe like take it a little detour, like off the side, but I kind of know where I'm headed to versus if I'm, you know, on the struggle bus going the other way. I guess, but what's the difference? They're not married to me and they're not you. No, but I feel like entrepreneurs are very similar in a way. Like you're in your own box. You're over there. <laughs> And then there's like everybody else. Describe what that means because you are in the box of everybody else. You're no, no. I'm in my own box. You're, you're also in your own, you're in the, if there was a list of everybody in our town, Mm -hmm. 36,000 people who live in Long Beach. And there was a, there was a contest that was, who's the most universally likable. You would be in the top five. (laughs) Thank you. You're well, you would, you'd be in the top five. I, would probably be somewhere in the bottom third. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But that's not because that's just because I, I I'm, I'm an acquired taste. You're my taste, babe. I appreciate that. <laughs> but so I, I'm speaking to that because I think that 
for for me, one of the most valuable things about our relationship is that you are so in tune with what everybody else is thinking, how everybody else is feeling, and you can walk over and just give me a look, and I'm like, got it, I'll stop talking about that. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I guess the first question is like, how do you stay patient with me when I'm for other, for a lot of people looking from the outside, looking in extremely weird and all over the place. I know who I married. I know, I know who you are like as a person and like kind of where you're going. And I signed up for that journey. Mm -hmm. did, I, you, did you know when you signed up though? Kind of in a weird way. Like I, I think when I first met you, when we we're first just dating, like you, you have an energy about you and I liked it. I was drawn to you because it was just like, I knew, I knew you were going somewhere with it. Mm -hmm. I knew it was just, it just felt bigger than anybody else I'd, I had met just not even like romantically, but just friendship wise, there was just something about you that was, I just was like more drawn to you. Um, and I wanted to see where that, where that went to. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just felt it. Mm. I can't really describe it other than that. There was just some sort of pull that I felt that I just was like, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's see where this goes. What do you think was, cause you've been in relationships prior to me. Mm -hmm. So what, what was different about the pull? Cause I, I imagine that there's a level of what you just said that would be true for any man and woman who found each other and decided to you know, commit and make and be consecrated to me. Uh, <laughs> that was a line from our wedding vows, by the way. I think it's most people's wedding vows. It wasn't our vows. I don't think so. That wasn't our vows. We wrote our own vows, and I definitely well, put the word "consecrate" in my vow. But, um, but what I'm speaking to there is like, how do you differentiate what you're describing from just two people falling in love? Because you're talking about an energy that I I don't know that I emit. I. I don't want to read into like other people's relationships, but I would think that there is a reason why people are like together. Mm -hmm. And I would think that they would both be drawn to one another. And there's this like excitable energy that is just different than like, Oh, he's cute. Oh, she's nice. Mm -hmm. They support me. Um, I would hope that if there's just something more, I feel like, I guess that's kind of like what I'm describing in a way. Like there's just dif a different vibe that I got from you. Like personally that I knew that you were, you know, you could do things that other people like couldn't do. Like you in college, you wrote a 52, 53 page paper, 54 page paper mm -hmm. in like three days. Mm -hmm. Researched it. In those researched, days, research paper in like the three days right before it was due where, I like that's my worst nightmare. The entire semester. You liked that. You, that like, oh, about you? I yeah. thought that was like a superpower. Interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh, I never do. I never do this. Yeah, that like terrified me. Like, I was like, <laughs> how, the, how is he doing this? This is. I was like, that paper's got to be a load of garbage. I thought it was. I thought it was garbage. I thought you just weaselled your way through. And I was like, well, that's that's talent too. By the way, a fifty-four page garbage paper because it's fifty-four pages is a lot in three days, but the fact that it was legit. Mm. that's incredible. Mm. That was nuts. And here I am thinking like, Oh, I'm really fucking smart. This guy's just <laughs> over here studying with me. 
<laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm the smart one in the relationship. <laughs> That's so funny. I never knew this. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, hold on. All right, let me think back what your question was. Um, well, my question was about, you, you said that you know who you married, and I asked if you knew before you married me who I was. A bit. I don't think I knew to this level mm-hmm. where where you're going because I, I mean, how could you not? Like you are, you are on a path. I, I feel like you're in like a top one percent in a way of like you're building something so much bigger than what than what it is and what you want it to be. Like it's it's something like my brain doesn't even think that way. Like the <laughs> intangible stuff. Like I need stuff right in front of me, and you're over there on the moon. And I just have to trust that, like, you know what the fuck you're doing mm-hmm. because, like, I can't I can't wrap my mind around that. So I did, there is some blind faith where it's like, I want to stay in my own little bubble mm-hmm. and just sometimes pretend that, like, I don't know what's going on <laughs> out there. So and that's why I, ha- I just have to have this, like, faith that you're going to do it. And, like, you know what? You rise to the occasion. You do do it. So I don't have to worry too much, which is great because if you didn't, you know, pr- prove that but I guess proof of concept in a way or whatever it was. Um, I don't, I lost my, no, you're good. You're good. You're right there. So that, that leads me to a question of, um, how do you simultaneously hold that space and somehow afford me the comfort of if I fail, because you do, if this whole thing came down, Kim would be like, okay, what do we need to do? And you would have faith that I could do something again. That's how it feels for me, yeah. at least. No, I feel the same way. And that's exactly what would happen. Mm-hmm. I, well, that wouldn't be the first time. So let's just put it that way. So like, <laughs> so if that happened, like been there, done that, like we got this, like we'll do it again, right? Like you've built things. Walk through the other times, let them know. Um, cause I tell people I've failed so many times and I think that when they hear from me, what's, what's interesting is, uh, I can, they don't believe you. It's not that they don't believe me. They believe me, but they don't feel it the way that I felt it. And you felt it at the time because I'm dispassionate about it. Now I don't have emotion tied to those things anymore. So I can talk about them very even keeled. You're just believable top to bottom. Well, sometimes I get very like emotionless to things, but I but mean, it doesn't matter when you talk, people are like, Oh, she's telling the truth. This is a real okay, thing. For well, them. this is, this is definitely a truth on mm-hmm. this one. <laughs> <laughs> there got to be a point where you had like at least minimum three different projects that you were quote full time, like working on that. Those were your things that were like, you know, that this is going to be it. This is what's going to make us money. The clinic, the gym, my... the events. Oh, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to go, let's talk about the backpack company. Let's talk about the concierge fitness business. Okay. So maybe five at the same time. I don't know. I, for my, my memory kind of is, is failing me on the order of operations here and what you did. Mm-hmm. But at some point, all five of them might've overlapped, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Definitely four of them overlap, but whatever you, you kind of get it, but you were doing so many things that you weren't doing any of them really well and mm. nothing was a s- stable a stable thing and that that terrifies me by the way 
I am I I like stability. Mm-hmm. I like you know knowing that okay, I got a paycheck coming in. This is great. So mm-hmm. right now it's a little little nuts so that you know it's all all on you and this you know internet thing. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's why we opened point, the brick and mortar so that you could have <laughs> right stability. Know, it was more so, yeah, so I have a place to work out. So because you kept getting us kicked out of gyms in town. <laughs> <laughs> we, you, I got me kicked out. You can still. But I go. just, babe, I'm attached to you. I no know. matter what you do, I I, I belong. I belong I for the ride, babe. It just is. It is what it is. So I just, I know that that's my journey and, I, you know, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. Yeah. But I think kind of heading back, I, we, we became pregnant mm-hmm. and I flat out was like, I am not going to be a single parent. Meaning, obviously we're both married, but you had so many things. Your attention was in so many different directions that you were up early at six o'clock if you needed like to coach or. I was you, there at six. Right there. So you were up even obviously earlier um, if you needed to coach the last one at eight o'clock. So then class ends at nine, you tidy up, you're home by 930. Like I worked in the day, it, we never saw each other. And I just didn't want that and your burnout too. But I didn't want any of that to like roll into us raising a child because it wouldn't have been us raising a child. It would have been me raising a child. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that was not a, a thing that was going to happen. Well, what was, what was interesting to me about, like, as I reflect back on that, you could have, and it would have been totally justified, uh, for you to give me an ultimatum and you never did. And when you said to me, I do not want to be a single mother, it was very clear to me that you were, the way I would describe that is you told me where to look. You didn't tell me what to see. So what that means is you said to me like, Hey, I would like for you to be a bigger part of what's going on here. You figure out how that happens. Right. You didn't say you need to either get rid of the event company, you need to get rid of the gym, you need to stop thinking about these backpacks, you need to stop trying to put personal trainers in hotels, you got to stop being a clinician, you got to stop traveling. Like you didn't come with any of that. You came with a very, very simple, this is the thing I want. You figure out how we do it. And that was really cool because it gave me the agency or the freedom, if you will, to make decisions for myself that felt aligned with our values, which were that family comes first. Oh, second, after ourselves. (laughs) Uh, But I I appreciate that. So how, how is it that, like, let's say that there's somebody out there right now who's listening and one of them is entrepreneurial. Or even both, but it's not happening. Like they're just working really hard and nothing seems to be happening. Even though you and I now can both look back and be like, well, running those events helps us to run our live events now. Our live events now are fucking awesome. They change lives. Um, Running the clinic helped to figure out the methods that we use to help our clients get out of pain without going to the doctor or giving up their active lifestyles. It also helped us to learn how to teach the coaches who we educate on how to do that for their clients. Owning the gym taught me all of the things that people run into as flaws, owning all three gyms, by the Mm -hmm. way, Uh, all the things that people run into as flaws that need to be overcome. 
getting sued by our next door neighbor taught me how to deal with really high conflict situations in the moment. Our clients go through that. Getting wiped out by Hurricane Sandy was like, hey, I know you think you're at rock bottom. When COVID hit, we... You pivoted real quick with that one. Like, before COVID hit, we pivoted. We saw COVID coming. We pivoted. And we gave away a ton of stuff during the COVID period because we knew what people needed. We didn't know what they needed to do, but we knew what they needed. And I watched the rest of the industry run with fear, telling everybody like, oh, don't lose your gym. It's going to get worse. You, you know... 50% 50% of gyms are going to close. Will you be one of them? And that was their ad copy. And I was like, fuck these people. They don't know what it's like to go through this stuff because they're running a company with cash flow. They're not on the ground experiencing what it's like to get screwed like that. I've been there. I can mm-hmm. help these people. Those people can't. So all of those failures, even going door to door, right? And trying to sell hotels. I'm putting personal <laughs> trainers in them. Mm-hmm. That, that made it, Obviously, I was already fairly comfortable with rejection, but that really taught me how to navigate conversations and open up cold leads and trying to get backpacks made in China that would be more ergonomically fit for kids to go to school with taught me about manufacturing and about like what is what is quality, what is not quality when it comes to material. If it wasn't for all of those things, I don't know that we are where we are today. Probably not. So how so what's your advice to the person who is the other, like let someone else is carrying that relationship. One person has a steady job and then there's the entrepreneur who it's very easy to see that person to somebody else is in the clouds. Mm -hmm. How does someone continue to support that person? Mm. (laughs) What advice would I give myself? Um, Well, you can just talk about what you did because you did it it masterfully. I don't know what I did, to be honest with you. I think that's the God's honest truth. I wish I had something really tangible. I mean, I, like I said, I think it, do you believe in the person that you're with? I think that's the start of it. Do you see that they actually are capable at the job of Mm -hmm. doing it? Because I feel like we were at an event, you know, last month and there were people like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, you're full of shit. I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And if I was married to that person, I'd be like, "So what's so, so, I don't think that that's the right career path for you. I think we got to shift you this way. So like, what's the can difference? that one? How do you know? You're not full of shit. But how do you know? I don't so, know. Like your confidence. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I just. I. I wish I, I wish I had something tangible here. There's just this thing about you that like. Mm-hmm. That I know. Like I know you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I know that you're going to do the damn thing. And it just, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Like you could have picked all five of them. One of them was, you would have made that thing great. Luckily you picked this one. <laughs> like, well, this wasn't this one one's of the like, five. I know. This was number well, six. Not, yeah, this was like not at the time. It's, you kind of figured it all out and it evolved this way and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, that's blind faith right there too. But I, I don't know. Like, I just know that the best way, especially with an entrepreneur, you kind of just have to like let them go. Like I, I've, I've said this before where it's almost like a kite. You are the kite. Mm-hmm. I know you have potential to, to sky is the limit with you. I can't let it be too much of 
like unrestrictedness. So I'm the person at the very bottom. I'm holding your leash. To, no, not leash. Definitely not, not leash. leash. Not a leash. No, <laughs> tether? What is that string? Like Whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not a kite maker. Neither am I. I'm holding the string. And I'm allowing you to like kind of keep going, keep going, keep going. But at some point, I know I kind of have to like rein you back in of like, no, no, no. So how much slack I can kind of let you let you fly with there, um, which is which is great that you have that. You're not just like all mm-hmm. up on your own. So I think that entrepreneurs need that other person who's the yin to the yang that they're kind of keeping them grounded in a way. But I know that you need to do that. So I have to give you space to kind of fly and figure it out. I think, yeah, I think that what you just touched on is actually really – really impactful because the way I heard what you were saying was I make sure you stick to the values that we stated. But like, <laughs> sure. what, because that's be, what you heard then. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it's true. I sometimes I don't know exactly no, no, no. what I want to say there, but you deep down, perfect. no, that is, that is what I mean. What you're way. saying is like, you don't hold me back from anything. You don't tether me back down. No. What, what, what you do is you make sure that before I book a podcast I'm going to travel to California for, it's not when our kid would have an event. It's not when we're supposed to be doing something as a family because those are things that you know I would rather do than go do this other thing. And if I didn't have you checking on that kind of stuff, I would double book. <clears throat> not where I was going, but yeah, that's part of it. Like that is one, that is one facet of it. It just, I mean, just in any. That's an example. Sure, what, what I'm describing there is like what you're doing is you're saying, Hey, I can see why you might want to do that. I think that that could damage our family. That, and, that's been said before. And, sure. and, so, and so I need you to think about how you can do that without damaging our family. That's, that's the tether. What you're saying is you can't just go float away without thinking about it. Right. Or you can't just go do this business move or this X, Y, and Z um, without kind of – What business move? I don't know. I mean not that I correct you in like business but like – because that is But you've never helped me back my, on the business move. Not my alley at all. You'll run things like you'll say something to me. and like, mm, I don't know about that or give you my opinion. Um, That's brainstorming. Sure. Because you're the client. Yeah. What, what, what I I'm talking about there, like what I want to make sure people uh, understand there is that you never second guess how I run the business. And I don't have to ask you if I can hire somebody. No. Bring in a consultant. That is not my domain at all. Right. And, and you're supportive when I do that kind of stuff. And I don't come home and say, Hey babe, guess what? We spent a hundred thousand dollars this week on this thing. I am supportive, but it, I'm also scared shitless. Like Mm -hmm. you come home and you're like, Oh, this happened. I lost all this money or I, (laughs) (laughs) I fired X, Y, and Z. I changed the entire structure. And I'm like, what? Because I am a person who likes stability Mm -hmm. And Unions. all of a sudden, <laughs> these are my needs. When you do something that completely shifts something that is so crazy to me that rocks what I think is like a foundational thing, it is really, it is really scary. Mm-hmm. I sit there with it and then I have to like swallow some of my thoughts sometimes and I just have to remind myself, trust Sean, like trust, trust it. Like it's going to work out if this is what needed to be. Okay. What's it the, needs to be, and then we'll figure it out. Like everything is figure outable. What's the scariest thing we've done together? Because I consider everything that I do, we do it together. What's the scariest thing? Mm. 
I don't know about the scariest thing, but there are some big ones that just like, you know, that are part of the story that you're like, oh, that's really, really scary and uncomfortable. So the event company losing money, mm-hmm. that was that was really scary. Um, and we lost 90% of our money. <laughs> um, and then, you know what, that one, I got to be honest, that one... That one didn't rock my world as as much as when you came home the Christmas week and said, like, mm. no more gym. That one actually was scarier for me because I think we had way more to lose in that situation. Like, Can you talk it through? Yeah. So the first time w- with the money situation, I forget what year it was, but it was just you and I. We were living in our apartment and I was I was working as a, a, a teacher. So I had the primary stability of with the income coming in and you were, you know, like you, you had your hand in all the different projects that you're trying to figure out. This was with with the event company and the event lost money that year. And in order to cover everything, you were responsible for 50% of the cost, which ended up being like 13 grand. Mm -hmm. And so you came to me and I was in the kitchen. I remember you kind of came in and you just were like, we, told me matter of fact like the company lost money and we are on the hook for it so we need the money um and it's got to come out of the bank account Mm -hmm. and that was mostly i don't like we're married so it's not really like i didn't view it as my money like it was us Mm -hmm. together but it was our basically our entire bank account got wiped out by Mm -hmm. refunding you know paying this vendor i don't know when it comes to money like that like well, it sounds I'm, silly, but like it's like pretend, like it's in the bank. I don't really see it. It's not like touching. Right until you can't pay the bills next month. True, uh, even that's still like I'm on my. What, I, what I'm that. talking about is why was the getting out of the gym and clinic business scarier for you? Why did that rock you? We we had more tangible things. Maybe that's because I could like see those things. So at that point, we had two kids. Mm-hmm. We had our house. Um, we had we had a kid and a half. Oh, shoot. Okay, whatever. She was like six months old. But yeah, that's still a kid. All right. Uh, still, still somebody who like needs us and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, you had, those are more like identifiable things. I think that's what I grabbed onto more because I could relate, I suppose, because I could see those things. Like we physically owned a brick and mortar gym. Mm-hmm. We physically owned your clinic. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, nope, I'm giving those up. I'm, we're not going to have those. We're not going to be a part of that. Um, I'm going to go do this. You know, I'm going to build active life online. And like, what the, What does that look like? What the fuck does that look like? Like we, <laughs> you had no idea. We had no, like, I, the, clearly I had no idea, but like, it was just like a pivotal moment where you're like, okay, I'm basically starting from scratch again after here I am thinking, Hey, we got out of all of that. You, you built something now. I thought this was going to be the thing. Now you're telling me that it's not the thing. I'm going to go do this instead. And I'm going to have to create and build this up again. Um, It was kind of like a dang, like I thought we had it. This sucks, but okay. Like if this is what you think that you need to do, like it, I just, again, I think that was one of those moments where I just kind of swallow and it was like, uh, Okay. Like it took me a bit to process. He gave me space to to think about it. 
I don't think I needed that much space to be honest with you because we've, like I said, we've been there, done that. Like I've, I've experienced that feeling. Even if you did it again to me, like, okay, great. Let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like you'll figure it out. You have space. So first question to that is, <clears throat> did you lose any faith? Yes. Talk about that. How could you not? Well, I didn't. So it's oh, I mean, to an extent, because I, I, like I said, I, there's always been this level of of believing you, but it was it's it, it's a split second because all of a sudden the rug is pulled underneath of mm -hmm. you. So it wasn't like this thing that lasts forever, and like that was the underlying feeling. It was just like that quick moment. And you're like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And then and then it was gone. And then the answer is no. Like the, like I completely like okay. So you had a moment, and then you observed your thought, and then you decided, okay, I'm going to believe in this. Yeah. Because okay. I kind of also had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice in a well, way. Well, well so, so now I'm thinking back. And now you know that's something that I was uh, planning. Yeah. Since, you didn't like, tell me that part. Right. Since August leading up to that. Right. Right. And so. It seemed out of the blue. And I think that's what also. Well, and so, and so now I want to ask you, um, if I were doing that again, would you have wanted to know about it in August so that you could think about it? for Like the reason I didn't tell you is I believed you would stress over it. And okay. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to pull it off the way I had hoped. Right. It went about as close to how I hoped as it could possibly have gone. My fear was telling you I'm going to try to do this thing and lay out this 19-part chess game. And then you would be like, you are fucking out of your mind. But that's what makes us different in a way of like, I know you can play that mental chess game in your head. I can't. That, that is so not my thing. Like I am in the moment. I can't think two steps ahead. So it was probably great that you didn't tell me because I, I would have been trying to think that way. And like, let's be real. I, there's a reason why I'm not the entrepreneur. Well, right, like, I, I don't think that way. I wanted to avoid giving you anxiety over something I wasn't sure was a thing. And then once it became a thing, I'm like, hey, this is a thing. Right. Right. And at that point, it's like, all right, well, we got to go with it. Well, and interesting, like, what's interesting is that that's, that's different now. When we went to open active life here in Long Beach, I was in opposition to it because of how I know mm -hmm. um, yeah. it affected us last yeah. time. And so I came to you and I said, hey, the team thinks we should open this flagship location. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And I was shocked, shocked when you were like, we should I do it. The yes, I know. Yeah. Well, well, let's go back for that one too, because the team had, we, we got into a zoom meeting with them and the team basically, it wasn't an immediate. Yes. I liked the ideas. Again, this is going to sound really bad. Selfishly, I really wanted a place to work out. You had the garage <laughs> and you had this office. The garage we sucks. <laughs> Cold, and there's leaves everywhere because we've got a broken door. Like, it's hot. Like, ugh, the crush stinks. But, and like, here, I couldn't really work out because this is your headquarters. So, like, I just I couldn't really do that. Okay. But so there was, there was a little selfish component to that. But we hopped on the call, and the team presented us with, hey, this is what I think. And they made a really compelling points to it. And I think our my biggest thing kind of going back to like, will this disrupt, you know, our five family of five here, like our, what we believe in, what we want for ourselves. It didn't compromise that. 
And that's why it was a yes. So we weren't the number one people. If something goes down, call Sean. We were like fourth on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, That made me feel a lot better about it. Like we brought in the right team over Mm -hmm. there. There's 10 more years of experience underneath our belt of having a physical location and what that looks like. Um, We're more mature. We've learned. And I thought that was an appropriate step to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's game. Well, I appreciate it. It's, it. I'm very proud of that business now. Yeah, me too. I'm happy. Happy I was the yes that made me you too. say like, okay, let's go. Me too. It's 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 been the catalyst for all of the forward thinking. So yeah. it's it's good to shift gears a little bit. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is personal development, evolving myself as 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 myself. I believe if you did not develop yourself. We would have a hard time continuing to relate. I believe that. I think that is a downfall in many couples that they aren't um, on the, the people who they were when they dated and got married. You are different people Mm -hmm. as you, as you age up. So the fact that we're kind of doing it together in a way on our own terms, um, is great that we're kind of headed in the same pathway. We're not leaving each other behind. Do you know who Esther Perel is? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm always surprised when you know who these people are. I, I guess I should stop being surprised. I recently no, heard some people I don't know. I recently heard her say that she's been married three times. Okay. Interesting. All to the same person. Oh. The idea was I married that person. Yeah. yeah that okay. person. And then we changed. That person evolved and I evolved and yeah. we, we decided to get married again. And then that person evolved and I evolved and then we got married again. And there was no ceremony. It wasn't like, hey, we're getting married. It was just like, I choose you still. Yeah. I choose you still. And I feel like we've, we're already on our third marriage. Our first marriage was, uh, you married a wild man. Okay. You, you slowed down my average rate of driving by like 20 miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, you, basically diffused my temper altogether. Okay. Then our second marriage was, we're learning how to be parents now. Yeah. And it was like, there's that roommate period where you're like, yeah, I guess we'll have sex again eventually. Yep. And you just kind of pass each other in the house and you love each other and you know that there's something there, but you're not sure um, if this is what it's supposed to be like. And you know, it's not, but I think that we did a really intentional job of coming through that so that we were not just roommates. We had really cool, in hindsight, conversations. There's a lot in that phase because that is a real – I understand now why a lot of people get divorced in mm-hmm. that time, in that like first, I would say, 10 years of marriage and when you have children because it is incredibly hard. And if those two people – are not on the same page and are not supportive, supporting and supportive of your other half. Um, I can see where there is a lot of room for falling apart, one hundred percent. So, if you are in, I would say ten years and under of a marriage, and you have young kids, and young kids were, I think we're finally kind of like we're on the other side. We're still in it. But we're not like in it, in it like we were. So our youngest is four. 
two of them are in school full time. They're all potty trained. They're not wearing diapers for the most part. They sleep during the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very kind of you last night to three come back in your room welcome. quietly. Oh, I wanted the doors shut. No, you did a great job, but I woke up all three times. It's not your fault. <sighs> I appreciate sorry. you getting up. Go on. Um, oh, train of thought. You were talking about <laughs> where does where does our <laughs> oldest get it? Get you were talking about um, supporting the, the middle phase of supporting yeah. each other as as you're learning about becoming parents with young kids that we're not in it in it anymore. Yeah, I, I think that there's some great resources out there for for figuring that part out if you feel alone. Obviously, just talking to other people who have gone through it or ask your. Hopefully you have like a, a mom network or I don't know if you have like a dad network, but I feel like mom networks are pretty strong. Um, finding people that you can comfortably ask questions mm-hmm. to. Um, the five love, love languages. That's wildly helpful. The book. The, the five book, love languages. The five love languages. Um, figuring out kind of what fills up your bucket and what makes you feel loved and how you need to um, communicate that to your, your person. Um with that, I now know more about myself of like, I like things to be fair um, and kind of equitable and equal and things like that. So I struggle with that sometimes, especially with you. Um, and there is something um, called, oh, dear Lord, I should have checked out Fair Play, I think, by Eve Rodsky. I'm, I'm, I'm botching that completely. I think it's foreplay. No, it's not. <laughs> Fair play about well, foreplay helps too. Okay, sure. Yes, that too. You know what? That is that is part because we worked with Alexa. There was mm-hmm. a sex and relationship component to that too, where we had to like re reconnect and find ourselves, and that was that was a great thing that we did. Um, but always, if you believe in your person and there was something, and you still think that there is something there, it is worth trying trying the things like just and learning. It's not trying and learning. Um, what else you can do for yourself and, you know, connect back with your person. I think something that you do extremely well is offer me um, cues, if you will, to improve the way that I show up for you, for the kids, for everybody, without telling me how to do it. I don't know how to do it. So it it might be... No, Intentionally but, but, and well, but, unintentionally. Well then, well, then maybe the, the trick there is for people to pretend that they don't think that they know. Yeah. Just saying, hey, I need, I need this or I'm, I'm feeling this. And give the other person an opportunity to show up to help kind of meet your needs. What I think is necessary for that conversation to happen is that there needs to be a mutual understanding that we both want the other to be happy. Yes. And that we both believe the other wants us to be happy. Yes. Because now if I come to you and I'm like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this thing. You know, I'm not coming to you saying this is your fault, your problem, and you're doing it to me. You know, I'm coming to you saying I'm struggling with this and I don't know how to do a better job. Well, I think the other the other great thing is it provides another um, set of eyes on it, mm-hmm. where I'm going to go about solving a problem totally differently than you would solve a problem. And there's a reason why you asked me, or maybe not so much that, but like, or else you would have done it already. Mm-hmm. So when you ask somebody else, you are kind of gathering their thoughts about it of like, hey, how might you approach the situation? And it's you can take it for what it's worth. You don't have to do it. You just kind of like, okay, that's another, I didn't think about that. Let me, you know, mold it and take it for, um, how to make it your own. 
something that I think you do really well that I think could be useful for you to talk to uh, the guys about, actually, is you afford me the space to come to you with things that I'm emotional about, things that I, I feel like I'm failing at, things that I feel like I am underperforming in. And I, I guess the best way to describe it is uh, save face. There's no, you, you never tear down my manhood in doing that. Like, I, I, let me, let me go back a step. One of the things I believe is that the, the thing most men fear is being thought of as weak, okay. being thought of as incompetent, as uh, being unable to uh, get resources. You know, because I think our innate, our brain is wired for like, you take care of the kids in the house. I will keep all of the predators away. I will keep all of the other men who could do damage away. And I will make sure that we are never out of food. We're safe. I got the safety. In today's society, the safety is bringing money home. It's bringing the right relationships into the house. It's being conversationally effective with each other. It's um, having direction. Mm -hmm. And there are times that I feel like I'm losing those things. It happens. I think you're human. I think everybody goes through that, though. I agree. And what I'm speaking to is I always feel comfortable bringing it to you because I never feel like you're going to start to have a sense of, are we losing safety because my husband can't keep us safe? Do I need to leave this person and find someone else who can keep us safe? Do I think less of him? Am I less turned on by him? Am I less interested in being around him? That never crosses my mind with you. How do guys bring that to the women in their lives so that, uh, the women will hear it and support them instead of hear it and, and be like, oh, fuck. I think it comes down to, do you trust your person? I, I, I don't know if it's me cause I am a, an empath by nature. Mm -hmm. So I like to, I want to be liked. I want to make sure that people around me feel safe that are, that are comfortable. Um, that's just kind of, what I hope is the environment and what I typically put out in like our household and the energy. Um, and I'm hoping that it comes just kind of easy. Maybe it's because I've kind of put that out there. I, I wish I had like a, so let me give you a scenario. Okay. I'll give you a scenario. We have a client who, uh, had a relationship that broke down because whenever he would bring things to the woman in his life that he was struggling with. She'd be like, why are you bringing me your problems? Go solve them. Mm. Go solve them. Don't bring me your problems. And so he stopped bringing his problems. Like they, and then they broke up because he didn't feel safe bringing his problems home. He didn't feel like he could be a man and have a problem and every guy's problems. Mm -hmm. And so now the thing that this person struggles with is asking for help, being able to say, I don't know how to do this. And I'm afraid he struggles to do that because he goes back to that relationship when he was with the person he thought he was going to be with for the rest of his life. And it broke down because every time he brought a problem, he was greeted with, don't bring me your problems. You're the man. Mm -hmm. How does maybe, maybe the better question for you is how does the woman receive that in such a way that she's supportive and not 
demoralizing to the man. How would you do it? If I came home and I said, babe, I'm kind of scared. Um, I haven't been able to figure out how to get revenue going again. We're losing money. Uh, I don't want to let anybody go. I want to keep everybody on staff. Um, it's going to take some time and I don't know how to, I don't know how I'm going to pull out of this thing. I just know I'm going to, and I need support right now. I would sit down with you. We would find a, a time where we're not, where we can give each other the time. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely a, a, a priority. Um, making sure that I'm holding space for you and listening to you. Um, I don't have the answers. There's again, there's a reason why I'm not in business, but I can ask you questions and it sounds like you just need to talk. You need to get those feelings just out of you. And so I just, as a partner and as your person, like I just need to hold that space for you where you can be comfortable saying what you need to say. And then, like I said, everything's figure outable. Maybe ask you questions of, do you have anybody that else maybe in this situation that you could ask or a mentor that you could, um, that could maybe provide you with some resources and just, I think just being like a sounding board because I, I don't, I don't have the answers for you. I don't, I don't know what's going to, what this is going to play out, but at least I can hopefully steer you in the right direction mm. and just listen. First of all, you're hot. Stop. <laughs> you are. Uh, but you also get like to to question. No, no, I, I, I can't be I'll, like I'll, the man. Hold on, I want I want I want to finish that because I, I don't okay. want to leave that as just like I, I was saying that because I was I was looking at you and I was like, damn, she is hot. But what I also what 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 makes some of what makes you hot is that what you're describing there is. I would just let you talk through your problems because you know how to solve your problems. You just don't know that you know how to solve them because you're not talking about them. True. And, and when we hold that in, you yeah. can't think about it. You just Microphone. have to. Oh, sorry. Sometimes when you hold that in, you can't properly think about it. You have to be able to say those things and get it out. And then once it's out, you have space to breathe. <laughs> you have yeah. space to think. And like I said, everything is figure outable. You'll be able to do it. You just have to give yourself some time mm-hmm. to sort it out. Well, I think I think that there's a lot there. I think that what you're describing is like and and it was genuinely sexy to hear you say it. That's why I said you're hot. It's it's cool because what you're doing in that is you're saying actually I believe that you do know what to do or that you could figure out what to do. I don't know what to do, but I can ask you questions that will allow you to figure it out for yourself because I have faith in you that you will figure it out. So let's just talk about it. I love that. You're also really smart. That like you, I see, I had no idea that I wanted to say that. But yeah, when you say it like that, I sound really smart. <laughs> and this is why you wrote a 54-page paper in three days. And, you know, I didn't. No, that's not the reason why. It's because you would have planned it. Very meticulously. Right. But yeah. It's not because you couldn't. It's because you would you would you would rather There's a reason why you're in that chair and I'm over here. That is that it's a left and right it's a chair thing? 
Sometimes Larry sits in this chair. Yeah. Is Larry's part on that side? Does Larry have a part? I don't know what his hair just. I don't know. I don't know what his style is. I think he just right. kind of wakes up and goes. Yeah. Good looking guy. He can pull it off. True. Um, one of the things that uh, that you do really well. That this is great. This is turning into a good podcast. Keep going. I told you, you know the answers. Yeah. All right. I'm so great. Okay. You are great. <laughs> just kidding. You are great. Uh, there's no way. So, so, so that I've said this to you in private. I want to say it to you in public. I'm a better husband, father, son, brother, friend, boss, um, mentee, all of those things because of you. You help me because like you're the, when I talk to people about what, like what drives me, whenever you come up, I get emotional. I don't have tissues. You, you, Come on. Don't you, you know your guest is coming on? It's me. You use your sleeve. Um, Not no sleeves. Oh. But like you, you've been so pivotal for me in my development because you've, you've held the space. You've stood behind me. You've stood in front of me. You've done all of the things necessary to allow me to feel like I can be myself and be great. So that's, that's. I like. I would love for everybody who I know who's in a relationship to have somebody who treats them like that. I agree. So I agree you drive me you. to want to do that for other people, and I appreciate that. Thank you. You're I welcome. think that people should. I hope people feel that way. Both both people, because they should. They should feel that way. And if if you don't feel that way, I think that there's room to explore. Like, mm-hmm. how can you feel that way? What can you do about it? Um, to, to get those feelings because they're really good feelings. Yeah. One of the highlights of my career was speaking on stage in front of 700 plus people plus you. Yeah, that was good. Talk about that. Like, cause for me, I was just like, I, I've, I'm never really nervous. I'm never really nervous. I, I get anxious. I get excited yeah. in the moments before. The moments before, and then once I go up, I'm like, I'm good. We're good. Let's, let's do this. You know who you are. Let them have it. I was nervous, genuinely nervous, because you were there, and I wanted you to be proud. I was proud. I, that was a really cool moment. So what Sean is talking about, um, two months ago, he spoke in front of 700 people, and I finally got to go. Watch. Like, so... This is my second year that I am not officially working. I officially handed in my... Actually, I didn't officially, but I told them. (laughs) I guess I got to do that. Um, That I will not be returning back to my teaching position Mm -hmm. um, because we wanted to focus on our family, like our little little unit and being um, able to experience the opportunities that you can being in the position that you are with the company. Um, And this was the first time that we actually did something about it. We snuck away from the kids and I accompanied you on a business trip and watched you speak. And it Which was, turned into a vacation too. Well, that, yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. It was so cool to see you on stage because we just, we've been talking about it for so long and saying like the things that we want out of me not working and out of you in this role. Um, and it felt good because it actually it happened. Like we're able to, to do it. Like we've worked and set up those things and we did it Mm -hmm. and I was able to go. 
I appreciate your patience in working to set up those things. Because it, you know, it, a little bit long, but you know, I know what to sign up for. I know I'm I'm on for the ride. It's hard, you know. It is hard. There's no timeline. It, there's no timeline. Uh, we're never done. No. And it's one of these things where, like, I always feel, you know, I need to move faster because I want to do this with my. Like, I was I thinking know. the other day about like you like to move fast. Well, well, no, but 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 some things don't move fast. Yeah. So I was thinking the other day, what would I do if a hundred thousand dollars dropped in my lap today? What would I do with it? Um, God, you know how much stuff I could buy off Amazon? I do. That's why it doesn't fall into our family bank account. It stays in the business bank account. But all of the things that came to mind were about things I would do with with my family and for my friends. None of them were like, oh, I'd buy that car. And for people listening... I drive a Jeep Compass that sounds like something's wrong with it. That's true. We still... And we need an inspection. No, we don't. Oh, yeah, we do. I think it expired in April. No, I, I got it done. I got the inspection done. Did you put the sticker on? They put the sticker on. I think we got to check that. Are you talking about registration? The little the little color sticker. That's right, like... fixed. That's done. On the Jeep? Yeah. Done. <laughs> it's done. I don't know, man. I, I drove it. I drove it. I drove it for over a month and a half after it expired. I believe that. I think it still says it's, it's expired. not expired. Go look at it. Go look at it. All right. When you get home, look at I it. I will. I cannot wait to take a picture. Of I can't wait either. <laughs> um, but uh, like it, it, it's not as if I don't want the Aston Martin. I want the Aston Martin. Sure. I want to be James Bond, feeling like my dick hangs down to my knees. Yeah, you do. And and it, it doesn't. Um, but like, th- that's, that's what I want. But if I, if that money fell into my lap, that's not where I would spend it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about like, how do I buy my height in Gabrielle's book? How do I buy enough of her books? If I stack them on their side, they're as tall as me. So I can start to give them away as gifts and support my friend. Okay. I started thinking about how do we go on, on family vacations without our kids? Oh, <laughs> both I like both it was, it was half a joke it was it was you know how, how do we just live more free yeah the, that's where the stuff went it didn't go to like anything else and I don't know how I got on this topic but I think um, to take it back to all of that it's it's a result of wanting to share this stuff you know I, I forget what I recently oh I was recently in Northern California yeah. in the Redwoods and it was it was magical. It was so cool. And the whole time I'm there, all I was thinking was, Kim would love this. I have to bring Kim back here. I have to bring Kim back here. And it got me to this point of like, when active life makes it to where active life is going to make it in our lifetime. I want there to be people I share it with. Yeah. I want I want to share it with you. I want to share it with our with our family, with our kids, with our with our with our team with our friends that's what it's for it's so we can share more experiences with each other mm-hmm. I love that I can't wait I know quality time I know that's quality true. time over there we're coming to an end here because I'm running out of things to ask you along this thread what is what is what is something that you would like people who haven't yet seen the value in me to know. So what I mean there is 
you, I come home and I tell you about these fucking podcast hosts. So I'm like, I'm putting this person on the list and they can fucking pay me in five years to come on their podcast. Right. I texted this person and they were in conversation. And they just stopped replying. Um, they can, they can pay me yeah. for a conversation in the future. And that's kind of the chip on my shoulder that I like to keep. I like that energy though. That's like fiery energy. You do like yeah, it. Yeah, I do. Like you're, ch- you're chasing after it. I, li- I like. Well, I, like I have it. to be careful because it's, it's, it, it borders on destruction. True. <laughs> Good. Right. Okay. It, it, it goes back to me feeling like I'm in competition with people who don't think about me at all. And I'm thinking about them all day because I just want to make them know that they fucked up. I just see it. Like I, I tell you this, like I know how great you are and like I just want other people to know so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's also a little personal victory for me too. We're like, yeah, we got that one. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they see it. They see it now. And other people are going to see it. And it's just, it makes me really excited. Why is that important to you? It's not that it's important to me. Well, why is it, why is it fun for you? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just is. I don't know. I'm, I just get really excited that like, I, maybe we, we've seen these big names and we've, this is like when we we're first starting off with like the gym and stuff and it almost seems like, okay, we're here she's, and like she's, they're there. She's, she's just put her, I'm oh, sorry, we're, we're low. My okay. hands are low. For people listening. Some people will watch, but right. some will listen. Um, my hands are low and I just said like, you know, we're, we're down here and almost like those big names, they're up there. Like they're like untouchables. They're, you know, we, we not dream, that's the wrong word, but aspire, aspire. You're like, wow. You're talking about like you Kelly know? and Juliet Sturette. Yeah. But yeah. That one, that was a good one. Or like when we go out to California, we'll see them. Yeah. I'm really pumped about that. Like, because they were just, they were, they were the people, right? When mm-hmm. we were just starting out and you're like, wow, like they have it all figured out, I suppose maybe, mm-hmm. or they're just so smart and just, wow, I can't believe it. Um, and like, you're up there with them and I'm like so pumped and proud of you that, and you should be by the way. Um, that's just really cool. Be like, yeah, they, they see that too. They see, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's weird that like, here I am like psychoanalyzing myself here. So like, I have seen this in you all along. And so it's really cool when other people see that too. So I don't know. Is, is that like a weird validation no, thing for me no, of like, like, Ooh, maybe like, yeah, like, no, it's like, Hey, yeah, I think, was right. Like, yeah, she I saw that. And now other level, people are too. I think there's a level of you took some big chances on and with me. And when you see other people say, good idea. Yeah. It's val- It's nice. I think it also shows your growth too, because maybe those people might have known you five years ago mm-hmm. and did not take the chance on you back then. They shouldn't have. Facts. And here we are thinking like, oh, what are they not seeing? It was a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've done a lot of the work and a lot of growth and it should be celebrated. Like you, you should be up there. Mm-hmm. A big reason why I'm up there is because of you behind the scenes helping me be the person who's worthy of being up there. Yeah. The, 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 well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Uh, the, 
the spouse or the partner of the entrepreneur who's on that path, it's you are the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that you do mm -hmm. that only you really know about, and you might share that with people. Um, but keep keep going because it it's it's worth it, and just make sure that you're sharing your feelings, mm -hmm. and um, you've got a good partnership along the way. Well, I'd like to share something for the entrepreneur on the other side of that. Um, you don't make it. You both right. you make tell it. Me that all the time. I, I think that if, if I was accepting all of this accolade and attention and was neglecting you now and, and making it seem as though I did it by myself, you would be less excited about it. I think it's it's the it's part of it is that I'm excited to give you credit for it, Thank and you. you're welcome. I'm but I, I'm giving myself a pat on the back here too. I'm excited to give you credit for it because I love sharing it with you because I know I don't do it if you're not there helping me. I do it differently, and and I probably have far fewer uh, friends doing it the way I would have done it. True. It, it would have been harder. It would have been even like, listen, my, my friends, like I, I don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. It's lonely. It's legitimately lonely to be an entrepreneur, to be me trying to do a really hard thing. And some of my most relatable friends live in very different places yeah. around the country and the world. And we're all really busy. And so connecting is really hard. Sometimes for us, connecting is a voice memo or a five minute phone call or a text message saying that, you know, I appreciate you or mentioning the other person on a podcast when one of us is on a podcast yeah. that gets lonely and having you breaks that loneliness for me. I get to live with my best friend all the time and you you put me out into the little dating pools in town to meet guys by befriending their wives and um, getting us together with people who I would never make the effort to get together with because I don't see the value of it until I'm in it. And then I'm like, damn, I, I'm glad Kim did this. I'm glad I'm making some friends locally. Good. Yeah. It's interesting because sometimes I feel lonely. Because mm -hmm. like you're out doing – this big thing or you're so committed, like you need the time to focus on this or that's time that is taking away from our family or from us two hanging out. Um, so that gets very lonely sometimes as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting to hear that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I want to start taking you as much as possible. It's also good to uh, talk about it. Yeah. It's also good that we helped your mom retire so that she can come up and we can travel <laughs> together more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything you'd like to end this podcast with for the audience that you didn't get a chance to say? Uh, I don't think so. Not in this one. I'm sure as soon as we are, we're done, I'm going to think of something brilliant well, and I'm going to have to come back. Every time I interview you, I'm reminded that we need to do this at least quarterly. True. Four years was a long span. Dude, you smash as a podcast guest. Uh, thanks. No, you do. Like you, I would say you should have your own podcast, but you would just start by saying, I don't know. That's that. Yeah, that would be a terrible That's, podcast. No, it wouldn't. Oh the my title God. of me your, rambling on like a buffoon. The title of your podcast is I Don't Know with Kimberly Pestuch. That's that is a fair trademark it. 
Because no one does. I tell people who are having kids, I'm like, you want some child, you want some parenting advice? They're like, sure. I'm like, okay. Fucking figure it out. No one knows no one what we're knows. doing. We have no idea what we're doing. No, you just, you know what? You show up, you do the best you can do, and that's it. And then that, you try again. Dude, <laughs> like, and you just try, try. You keep trying because- I'm going to rent you this podcast space. It'll be a write-off. We'll figure out some way to finagle some tax savings, and you're going to have your own podcast. Great. All right, everybody. Uh, that's what we got for today. Kimberly, where can they find They're not going to find it. <laughs> Come on. What? Where can you find me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's alluding to the fact that she has a private Instagram account that is basically documentation of our family. But... Everybody who follows, who is friends of mine, who've never met Kim, they're like, dude, I can't wait to meet your wife. She's the shit. So, sure, add, follow me out there. Add Kimstagram. 425. At Kimstagram 425. Yeah. Kim, I love you. Thank you so much for love coming. Love you, on. babe. Turn pro. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Live podcast. Please remember, give us a hand, rate it, review it wherever you listen to shows. We are on a mission to humanize the healthcare industry by professionalizing the fitness industry to empower the individual to live a life unlimited by the way that their body looks, feels, or performs. If you are inspired by that mission and want to jump on the wagon, find us anywhere. Active Life Professional on Instagram. Active Life RX on Instagram. Come to me personally at Dr. Sean Pastuch. We want to welcome you onto the train. We want you to be a part of the mission. We want to offer you the opportunity to pursue this right alongside us. We're inspired by your effort, and we hope to help you in your journey. Turn back.